Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In FL and Dave. Damn a shake. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 57 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes. And as always, I encourage you, nay, demand that you subscribe ASAMP. And as a matter of fact, why don't you get a friend or two to subscribe as well? So much to yap about. We're going to be talking with uh, Brandon Lloyd, free agent wide receiver, in just a moment here. He'll be making his way into Studio 66 with the help of uh, our producer behind the glass there, back in the seat after a week away. It's Black Tie. Welcome back, Black Tie. And uh, right now, let's say a quick hello to our pal to talk about everything going on in free agency and all the nasty things in the bayou. It's NFL.com's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. It's a huge week for hacky copy editors who get to use the sinners phrase when referring to saints in headlines around the globe. Yeah, I guess so, except. You know, I was about to say, you know, it's ironic that they're named the Saints when they're doing such uh, <laughs> such naughty stuff. So I guess you can group me in as one of those hacks. <laughs> but, you know, free agency, Mario Williams or Mario, if you please, out there, Peyton Manning. Hey, Mario's going to walk. Mike Wallace, Vincent Jackson, where will they all wind up? And this Saints scandal, where to begin? Let me say this before we get to Brandon Lloyd. Um Peyton Manning. Let's let's yap about that. And t- you know, listen. Tell me why I'm naive. Why this can't happen? Is this a players' union violation? Would the union not allow this to happen? Peyton Manning and Ursay have both gone on record as saying we want to be Peyton Manning should be a cult for life. And I, you know, take them at their word. You can mm-hmm. say that though. Well, that's not in fact the case. But if we are to take them at their word, why can't they do this? Peyton Manning 
gets released. The the uh, Colts release him. They don't have to pay him his $28 million contract. Mm-hmm. Then he signs for the minimum, the very lowest dollar figure he can possibly sign for. Okay. And then Jim Ursay says, the day you retire, Peyton, I will hire you as our VP of Huey and Applesauce for $28 million. What is the what what loophole is there? I've just found the loophole to make sure he gets that money. And in the meantime, if he really is such a Colts guy, here's how you do it. Here's how you be the ultimate team guy. It's not unheard of for players. I, we've seen a lot of players do it over recent years, including Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and any number of other big-time players who have restructured their contract to get their team under the cap and hopefully be able to sign some other guys and make their team better, which is exactly, by the way, what the Colts need. The notion that the Colts in 2011 were a playoff team if Peyton Manning had been under center, I think is is erroneous. I think they would have been 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, somewhere in that range, and I think you agree with that rank. What is, where, where, tell me where I'm wrong. What, what is crazy about what I just said to you? That it's completely illegal and it's collusion. I don't know if collusion is the right word. You cannot tell somebody. Collusion? I don't know. I, that's That can't be the right word. But what I'm thinking of is you can't tell a player, hey, listen, I'm going to give you the league minimum. And then when you're retired, I'm going to give you $28 million because you're illegally circumventing the salary cap by doing that. So it would be a player. So the players would union would be. speak up. But I, if, D. Uh, but, Smith would, would say... Heaven forbid, we won't well, allow it's a, it. It's a competitive disadvantage if a team could do that. I mean, what what would stop anybody from saying? What would stop the Patriots from saying, "Hey, look, Tom Brady, we're going to pay you the league minimum this year. When you retire, we're going to give you a hundred million dollars." I guess it would. Uh, I, I guess it would uh, collapse the entire system as we now know it. But it Absolutely. seems like well, here's there's the some mild variation on what I'm talking about, though, right? Yes, it's him just saying, "You know what? Don't pick up my option." Don't pick up my option, and then we'll renegotiate. Because I would assume, and I like I, I've said before, is that I'm not a legal expert when it comes to contracts. But I would assume that he would be able to just sign, re-sign with the team. This deal gets torn up. He signs a new contract. And it's just one of those things. But it's Super Tuesday when we're, when we're recording this. And I think it's something that politicians do is that – to the layperson, you know, they sit at home watching this going, why are gas prices so high? How can this not be fixed? Well, there's a lot of things that go into it, and a lot of times there's reasons that we don't know. And I think the reason that it's not happening, the reason we don't know, is that while they're publicly saying, I would like to be a cult for life, the cults are saying we would like him to be a cult for life, is that it's a public posturing. So the cults don't look like the bad guy, that Peyton Manning doesn't look like the bad guy. Do you think Peyton Manning in his heart of hearts, would like to be a cult right now? Or do you think he fancies the idea? Maybe does Peyton Manning, is Adam Rank saying to me right now that you think that he, Peyton Manning, maybe looks around and says, hey, Miami is a more complete team for 2012 and 2013 than the way the Colts are presently constituted? Because look at the big names that they're out there. They might lose Saturday you know, Reggie Wayne, we'll see what happens with uh, some other big-name guys. They're getting long in the tooth in certain places out on the field. Maybe he's best for if he wants to win another ring to move on. Do you, Are you saying that that's what uh, – is, is that where Adam Rank is going right now? Where, would, is Arizona a better destination for him with a, with a young defense and Larry Fitzgerald to catch passes? And? Seattle. Mm-hmm. The the teams that you were mentioning there, Arizona, Arizona, okay, all those teams. Arizona's the one that plays in a dome, and I think that that might play a little bit into it. It might 
have a little bit of uh, impact in where you're deciding to play because he's played in a dome his entire professional career. I think that in his heart of hearts, he would have liked to have retired a Colt, maybe gone out that way, been the guy who had been with one franchise. Because it doesn't happen very often. Joe Montana no, it's cool. ended up playing in Kansas City. When I heard he think, about that. You know, and <laughs> good for you. And so you look at guys like Troy Aikman stayed with his team. Terry Bradshaw stayed with his team. Not a lot of guys who did that. Fran Tarkenton bounced around. Brett Favre obviously bounced around. And you, Steve Young started somewhere else before he went somewhere. And so you start looking at those guys at the top of the all-time leaderboard, and you're like, there's not a lot of them. So I think that there would have been something in his heart that said, you know what, it would have been nice to have done this. It would have been nice for the Colts to be competitive. But I think you're absolutely right. The Colts are not going to be a competitive team next year. Why not bring in Andrew Luck? He's going to be ready to go right from day one. Well, if they, if they pay him, uh, let's say – the $28 million, I think, is completely unrealistic to imagine that the Colts are going to pick that up. But even if they could circumvent that and figure out a way to have Peyton Manning back on the team, still, the the investment in the first round, the first overall pick, I know it's now greatly reduced from where it was last year. You know, that uh, obviously that was uh, the big part of the lockout was uh, restructuring the way those first round picks are getting paid. But still, it's a heavy investment, and you would feel compelled if you have Peyton Manning he would have to start for you so I think the Colts sort of see that they need to turn the page because they're probably not a Super Bowl contender even with Peyton Manning uh, in the fold all right I like your you know I know you're working on a column about that you mentioned Joe Montana we'll get into that in just a little bit guys who finish their careers elsewhere you're working mm-hmm. on a little piece for uh, NFL.com and it's uh it's a fun one so stick around for that but, but let's talk about the Saints business and you know I hate to I hate to take up a, a summer a spring break rental property up on Mount Pius to weigh in on this, but I have to say I don't understand a lot of the players. I, I saw, Ryan Clark says he can't imagine every all these players are ratting out on Greg Williams. You know the code like it's uh, like the mafia. You know you don't you know the worst thing you can be is a rat fink. You know you don't want to be Sammy the Bull. But on the other hand, Charles Barkley said that too. Well, and and I get that. But 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 forgetting that piece of it, the idea that a coach is out there encouraging players to injure people, giving financial incentive or otherwise, that if you put a guy out of the game, you should be hailed within this locker room. I get it that there's a fine line that the entire game of football is a legalized assault out on the field. And I understand that defensive players are trying to deliver a lick. But on the other hand, the, in to, the, what the league has been doing for the last two plus seasons is trying to clean up that uh, the idea that it's acceptable to deliver helmet to helmet collisions and violent hits, and I get it all. Believe me, I think it's silly that you that that one could expect a, a safety or a linebacker to somehow let up when the you know, the nation the nature of what's happening on the field. These guys are moving at superhuman speeds and they have superhuman strength and a wide receiver catches a an 11 yard hitch and as he catches it he turns towards you the defender you're running full speed at him he lowers his head suddenly it's a helmet to helmet collision and you get fined fifty thousand dollars for that and maybe get suspended if the league is going to lay out that standard i gotta think that greg williams and the saints are in heaps and heaps of trouble with this with this thing it's the difference between you know, first-degree murder and third-degree murder. If something happens in the moment, 
There's one thing that's a lower standard than if, if than premeditation. And this is obviously premeditation. This is requiring it or, or expecting it, laying out the uh, not encouraging, but also essentially expecting that this is what your players are going to do. James Harrison is guilty of manslaughter. Yes. This is first-degree murder. Okay. That's right. That's a fair analogy, don't you think? That's really good, I think actually. Greg Williams is doomed. I don't know that he I don't know that he plays I don't think he coaches in 2012, does he? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing is that a couple of weeks ago Commissioner Goodell came out and said that he wasn't he he didn't like the the level of play in the Pro Bowl. So what you do is have Greg Williams coach both teams in the Pro Bowl. Ah, interesting. Problem well, solved. by the way, you but just bring that up. That's an interesting thing that seems to have been lost in all this, all the debate over all this stuff, is what about the fact that Greg Williams' defenses haven't been very good of late? I know they won the <laughs> Super Bowl and were pretty good, but isn't that sort of the double whammy that, yeah, yeah well, all right, we had a cheating bunch and did some uh, some <laughs> nefarious deeds, and on top of it, we weren't all that good. But listen, <laughs> we'll get back to that because look who's walking through the door right now. Aided by Black Tie, there he is, the free agent, one of the hottest commodities out there right now in Studio 66. What's good up? to meet you, Brandon. Good. It's like we, I just walked in. I'm still standing up. Got the mic on. I like the outfit, first of oh, all. Yeah, I can, can, he's got Here's what yeah. he's got. He's got a blazer, and then underneath that, he's got on a hoodie sweatshirt, <laughs> and then underneath that, he's got on a shirt and tie. I feel like you're busting my balls now. I, I, like like you. I thought I looked cool. You I look think cool. I he look looks cool. <laughs> you know, the only other guy I think who can pull that off is The Miz. Who's this? You don't know who the Miz is? Never mind. <laughs> it's a wrestling don't thing. You no ever, one cares about hey, wait, that. Don't you ever uh, do this thing? Fair. Yeah, John Cena. But if you know who John Cena is, how do you not know who the Miz is? Dude, I'm a casual wrestling. <laughs> they were in the right. as all adults <laughs> they should were, be. They were. If in, you're over twelve, that's case. the only kind right. of wrestling fan you should right. be. They were in the the main event of WrestleMania last year. Sorry that I made the leap. That's like somebody being a casual Giants fan. Adam, and being like, Adam, I don't please. know who these Patriots are. Can I please stop you, Adam? Brandon Lloyd's time and my time are more valuable. <laughs> Than uh, a wrestling conversation. Right. I but in I your undies eating Cheetos watching <laughs> WWE. <laughs> so I've I've got a comic book by my side too. Do you want to go there? <laughs> Do you remember King Kong Bundy, Brandon Lloyd? Because that's why he's such a wrestling. Oh, because he looks so much like the old uh, 80s How wrestling. Dare you. All right, now listen, Brandon Lloyd. Let's let's kibitz here. We were just talking about. First of all, congratulations on uh, the uh, the last couple of years, Thank really you. gangbusters. And mm-hmm. I dare say, right out of the gate, I may as well say it to you. And it's not just because you're here. You rank for me as one of the most spectacular pass catchers. I mean, in terms of acrobatic catches, I think with John Jefferson, Lynn Swan, some of those guys. Awesome. I mean, some that of the catches the I've chills. seen you make. I, I, I mean, I don't think there – you know, we always – speed and everything. I don't think there are very many guys in the NFL that could make some of the plays that you've made over the thank last you. couple of years. How say you? Well, thank you. No, I, uh, I I pride myself on that, and I have ever since I was in high school. Um, I, I always would say to myself, I want to be able to catch the passes that other guys won't even go for. And so I, I consider myself willing to – go after passes that other guys aren't will maybe see that oh it's uncatchable or don't necessarily want to try for i i feel like they're all catchable (laughs) well as far as that goes i'll hit you with a hard one right now okay tim tebow yeah look you're not you're not going back to the broncos and i'm not asking you to sell him down the river but 
that, I mean, you've been in the league long enough now. You're used to seeing NFL caliber arms release right. a football in your direction. How weird was it? I mean, how big a difference? How big a drop off is it in the in, in terms of velocity and spin and so on coming there's off not, of his there, coming out of his? There's hand? not much drop off. Really, there's not. And um, there's right-handed quarterbacks who have way funkier throwing motions than Tim has. And um, it's and to me, it's not the throwing motion; it's the um, the inability to anticipate and and know the coverages. And I think that's what it comes down to. He just doesn't understand the coverages yet. And once he understands what coverage is being run on him and he can anticipate and then go through the motion and throw it, he's going to be fine. But until then, he's going to struggle because you see him, like, going to throw the ball and he brings it back. Mm -hmm. It's like he's pumping, he's faking. And, you know, that's what makes the throw so so, – uh, so inconsistent. His but throw see, is his motion is labored, but he's he's waiting to see the receiver come see, free. Come open. And, this, and this, you're not going to be open. You're not going to be running five, ten yards open. You know, opens a step or two mm-hmm. in in the league. But you you'll see even on that uh, the overtime throw where he he stepped into it and threw a laser to Demarius. You know, it was on when he's stepping into it. He's fine, but when he's when he's like, sometimes he's like on his, uh, he's on his right leg throwing, or he's on his back leg throwing. He's never really like sitting in the pocket and really delivering a uh, uh, line drive passes. So I think once he gets and he's not so antsy in the pocket, he understands the coverages. He'll be able to throw the ball effectively. I think one, that's what it comes down to. One thing I'm impressed about, and no, and obviously people can't see this being a podcast, is that Brandon's here mimicking a lefty toss, <laughs> actually better form than Tebow. <laughs> You're crazy. So. I like that. <laughs> Secondly, now you, t- you talked about the dart that he threw to Demarius Thomas. Mm. When you're at home watching that game, do you look at that and were you happy because you played with those guys or were you upset because they were going to go play your future team? I think <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Right? All right. Um uh, no, what I was, was it? What I was, was it? shocked. I was shocked, but at the same time, I was happy for him. You know, good, good for them that they were able to embrace a such a untraditional style of football and be successful with it. Good for them. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was good for them. I don't have any beef with them. Um, Adam Gase, uh, the the quarterback coach, is one of my favorite coaches of all time, and I had a good time there. And and I don't have any beef with those guys. And I I, I was shocked. I didn't think it was going to work. Um, uh, and they were going to make it to the playoffs, but, you know, good for them. It seems like, though, and if I may step in again, it seems like the players really enjoy playing for Tebow. It yeah. just, I don't know if it is. It, is it, is it I was in the huddle, too, you know, so, uh, you know, they're, <clears throat> excuse me, his first year. And, and, yeah, I mean, you can see it. You can feel it. It was a difference. And there was, uh, there was I forget what game it was we had in, in – uh, uh, they they put Tim in, and it was kind of like we were down by three scores, and it was like, all right, I think we've got a chance. <laughs> you know, he, he gets to scrambling around and, and, and making plays with his feet takes a lot of pressure off other players. Him being able to advance the ball in that way and not necessarily having to use his arm, it takes a lot of pressure off of the other guys. And so when you do get an opportunity to catch the ball, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fair, it's a valid opportunity, and it's not forced and, and, uh, and rushed. So I don't know. It, there, there was a difference. It was, and you can feel it. He's definitely got a good energy about him. 
What about uh, rank hints added a little bit? You know, Josh McDaniels, you really had the uh, the big breakout two years ago, the gangbusters year. Then you follow it up once you go and join McDaniels in St. Louis. Yeah. Now he's up in New England, as you may or may not have heard. First of all, <laughs> to what is that owed? Why why would you thrive under Josh? I, I can imagine it makes more sense to me that a that a quarterback would have a, a certain relationship. Why is it you that know, it works so well with you two? I think it. I think what it is is that. Um, there's there's a human element to to the NFL, in the sense that guys, uh, coaches, I'll say, coaches have a particular affection for players, and whether it's because the guy's got super size and he's can or the guy can run a four two forty, whatever it is, you know, guys have a particular mold of a player whether it's a running back quarterback offensive lineman receiver who fits into their mold and how they want to run the offense and I think I fit perfectly for what he's trying to do a guy who can run a bunch of routes who can get open one-on-one coverage and then can make a spectacular play here and there well let me ask you this as far as that goes you know um are you I, – I, obviously, you're not going to tell us, but if you want to break news about oh, that, I really am interested in this team. No. Is it – are you now thinking more of what system is best for me or how much of it – I always wonder this on a human level. Mm-hmm. How much of it do you think, like, man, Boston's great. That's a great city. They have the good time. food. You think about or that like, all the time. Dude, yeah. San Francisco's no. a beautiful city. No. I love knocking around uh, there. No, I'm telling you. And people always ask me, oh, what was your favorite city you played in? And I love San Francisco, but I can't I can't lie, man. I've played in some awesome cities, you know, Chicago. And um, I mean, you know, there's nothing like, you know, summers in Chicago. It's true. Uh, hanging out and uh, hanging out on Lake Michigan. You know, I was up in Lake Forest. So, I mean, there's nothing like a summer in Chicago. But at the same time, there's there's nothing like fall in San Francisco and then uh, D.C. being such an awesome city. So I, I played in some really cool cities, and I think about that all the time. I, w- I, mean, I, noticed, <laughs> I noticed he didn't mention St. Louis as one of those cities, too. You don't have to. I grew up in Missouri. I grew up in Missouri. That's what I'm, I'm going to implore to you right now. I, I don't know if I want you to close the door on the, on the, the team that plays in St. Louis right now because I don't know if you heard. They're coming to L.A., it would be perfect for you to be be part of the rebirth of the Los Angeles Rams. That would be a lot of fun. It would be. What's the best uniform you've worn? From a sartorial Dude, standpoint, you you've got nice fashion. I love the, the St. Louis Rams. I, I, I always loved Flipper Anderson and Jim Everett when yes. I was a kid. And so those those uniforms, especially when we wore the throwbacks, I was the throwbacks. up to wear those. What is it? It's uh, the best. It's I one of the best uniforms. uniforms. It's a shame when it's the retro, not the new one. But yeah, the retro one is cool. Yeah, I like the the, the gold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, oh, no, not the one. Yeah, not their current. Um, <laughs> what about uh, what? How do you explain the the arc of your career? Because it's pretty mm-hmm. distinctive. Obviously, you had you had some nice moments early in the career, and then I, you know, we've seen Kurt Warner do that. I'm trying to think of. Who else off the top of my head? Guys who have had a couple of years where, where you just Jerry Wright. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Randy Moss did it in Oakland, but that's explained by the circumstance. Is that what you would say is the middle portion of your career? Why it sort of like goes up, <clears throat> then it drops, then a huge spike up now? Well, I don't think it was ever um, an up and a drop. I think it was more like a straight line and then an up, <laughs> you know? Because in San Francisco, um, you know, I, I, I got opportunities to play and uh, – and uh, the last season, and was it 05, 
um, had 700 some yards, and then I went to D.C. and it just wasn't the right fit. Like you know, I just I think uh, Chris Cooley came on really strong those two years and beca- became an elite tight end. And um, and I just got kind of got caught in the wash, and and I feel like I was making the turn when I got to Chicago, and then I I tore my knee up, and that derailed me for seven games, and so that that was a that was the, the tough part because I felt like I was really making that turn when I got to Chicago of being a uh, going from just a, a guy on the team or a guy with a lot of potential to one of the better wide receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of activities that you do outside of. Outside of football, you're you're dabbling in the music, the television show. It's Blue Mountain State, right? Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you enjoy that? Is acting something you're going to look for when you when you're done here? Well, no, it's still music. So I, I don't dabble in music. I'm actually in the industry, and um, and I've had a couple placements on video games, uh, NBA Ballers, Phenom, and uh, MPPL Paintball 2009, and then Blue Mountain State picked up my song Heavy, in uh, 2010. And so for the second season, so it was just I just had a song on there, and it was the quarterback Radon's theme song. So um, th- that's what that's my connection with Blue Mountain State. I don't like yeah. that. You know why, Brandon Lloyd? I'll say it to your face. <laughs> You're already obviously an infinitely better athlete than I am. You get to play professional football. Yeah. Now you get to b- work in music professionally. Now it's starting to be showing off on your part that you're better than me at everything in life. You're a better <laughs> dresser than me. I'm not funnier than you though. You got uh, that one. Wow. Well, I don't know. The jury's still out. <laughs> Time will tell. Give me six more months here. We'll see what I can work up. All right, now, here's a serious subject for Uh-oh. you. I'm, I'm, I'm obligated to ask this because it's what anybody associated with football is talking about this week. Uh-huh. What about this scandal down in New Orleans? Yeah. Yep. Would you go? First of all, would you, as a free agent, do you? Stri- I, I, I know this. I don't want to put you in a well, tough Greg spot. Well, Greg Williams is now the defensive coordinator. I mean, is it? Does it taint the way you look at the team now? Would it? Is it? What's? I mean, do you? Are you still in contact with people over there? Obviously, you're a free agent. No, I don't know. Or do you scratch off team. the Saints as a possible destination because they very well may be in the market for a wide receiver yeah. if Marcus Colston doesn't work out? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. You know, who, what are the ramifications going to be? I guess uh, we know, don't is, know is, uh, what the Sean penalty Payton is. Sean going to be suspended also, um, you know. But as far as uh, Sean Payton being suspended, that doesn't stop the offense from still functioning. With sure. if they work out the situation, well, they they franchise Drew Brees, right? They did, yeah. So it, it's not going to stop Drew Brees from performing. It's not going to stop anybody performing from performing. So I don't know. I, I think it's an ugly situation. What do you do? I mean, when you hear about that, is that because a lot of players, I get the whole thing about that you don't want to be a rat fink and be yeah. tattletailing and, and all that sort of thing. But that is, <clears throat> remove that part of the equation. What do you think about Is this the first you've ever heard about no. coaches and, doing this? No, you, and you, you hear about it, but it's hearsay. Uh-huh. And, um, and, um, I, you know, and I heard about it this year uh, with me. Uh, really? From another team. Yeah, another. They were targeting you. Yeah, another Is player it flattering? told me. It's, it's, um, I was told to take it as a flatter, like, as it being flattered. <laughs> um, From the DB who delivered yeah, the nasty. Right. You should be flattered that trust I just me, did that. Trust me, I respect you. <laughs> it's because you're good that I did that. <laughs> right. You know, and so uh, it's supposed to be, but in reality, it's just not cool. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's um it's offensive players being offensive minded and defensive players being defensive minded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not right. It's not respectful, and and I don't want to go there. 
and I don't want to do that to another player. But if another player does that to me, then it's like, you know, am I going to let this continue to go? Do I take my shot back? Or I, I know what kind of player this guy is. I'm a, do I let him do it to me first and then I, you know, retaliate? It's, it's, a, it's a jacked up thing. And I think it's always better when guys go into the games and we respect one another. And, and you, you take your fair hits when you got them. And if you guys get hurt, that's part of the game. You know, that's how I feel about it. Wow. I, I, I guess we're on the same page on that it's, one. I, it's it's a, the only thing that's surprising to me is that the, so many players are speaking up and saying, like, this, of course this is fine that this goes. I, that's the only surprising no, it's element. No, it's not, it's not fine because you got to talk to a player who got jacked up on something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then you talk about it being yeah. fine. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. So, who, talk to a player who's lost his career because Talk to Lynn idiot. Swan from 30 years ago about the Raiders doing it to him in playoff games. But uh, Brandon Lloyd. Thank you very much for stopping Thank by here, Studio 66. Real quick, who could pull that outfit off better, me or Rank? Rank. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes him cooler than me because he, you're saying that he can be more In like honor of you, I'm going to do that. You can't see me. I don't like any of it. All right. Show yourself the door, Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who do you got? Do you know who The Rock is? Yes. Okay, no more the wrestling. Rock or Cena? Casual. Who's going to win WrestleMania, The Rock or Cena? I he, think they're going to give it to Cena. He's an See? adult. He doesn't care he knows what happens. Enough. I just saw that preview, so I was, I was kind of excited about don't, that. Don't right. sully your good name by talking <laughs> wrestling right now, Brandon. Look, he plays real sports. <laughs> All right. You know what? After this, after the after that snub, plus the music, plus the professional football, that's you know I I feel shown up altogether, Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> Have a good time out. Thank here. you. <laughs> great to see <laughs> you. To Thanks see you for stopping good by. <laughs> there he goes, the great Brandon Lloyd, one of the uh, hottest commodities out there on the free agent market. But can't wait to see where he winds up. The noise about Josh McDaniels, you mm-hmm. know, the relationship like we talk about. It does make sense that from a Patriots standpoint that they wouldn't have to give up a first-round draft pick, which they would in order to get Mike Wallace. Then again, there's Vincent Jackson out there. Brandon Lloyd makes an interesting fit, though, as a on the outside when they already obviously have Wes Welker and those two tight ends. He would fit nicely in there. I think the best fit for them, the, the phrase that everybody loves is, he takes the top off the defense. Brandon <laughs> Lloyd, for all of his virtues, I mean – the. Has that phrase ever been uttered in mankind's history? That guy, that receiver takes the top off the defense. I think six it's months new. ago it had never been uttered, and now suddenly it's uh, now it's, it's ubiquitous about any fast guy. And Mike Wallace is uh, is a guy who I think the Patriots are going to really take a run at. It's why they I get the McDaniel's tie-in mm-hmm. um, and why it would be appealing for Brandon Lloyd to go to New England, but. What, Belichick has accumulated, I think it's 243 first-round draft picks. I think they have the every first-round pick. Something like yes. that. This is where you burn it, ideally. This is the opportunity you, you use one of these picks to get someone like Mike Wallace. I predict that the Steelers have cleared enough cap room now that they've moved heaven and earth as a franchise, plus the likes of Roethlisberger and everybody else saying, we're in our respective primes, this, this team is close, um, You know, but you're the linchpin to it, you must come back. Then again, I can see the virtue in it if he does walk that two first-round draft picks to get that defense still younger than in spite of all the purging they've just done. Plus, you could also maybe go and get another you get another offensive lineman. Anyway, Mike Wallace, I predict all of that, what I just said over the last 27 seconds is moot because I think Mike Wallace is going to wind up 
because of the moves that uh, the roster moves that the Steelers made, painful though they may be to Steeler fans, are going to end up uh, with Mike Wallace back there. Among those three, Rank, last mm-hmm. week I mentioned my flight from O'Hare to LAX mm-hmm. and that there were three kind of uh, similar low-grade celebrities on the flight. Okay. Specifically, Sinbad, Tom mm-hmm. Green, mm-hmm. Rob Zombie. The truth is two of those guys were in first class. One was in coach. The guy in coach was Rob Zombie. Not just in coach, mind you. In the middle seat, 30E, dirty 30E. <laughs> I liked it. We put it to a poll at davedamashek.nfl.com. People voted on it. 50% of people said that Tom Green's the Tom one. Tom Green. If the fates had anything to say mm-hmm. about it, they say that Tom Green deserved the, the dirty 30E. Let's do that. Brandon Lloyd, Vincent okay. Jackson, Mike Wallace. Okay. Do we also want to include Dwayne Bowe? No, let's leave Bo out of it because he's franchised. I don't think he's going to have much of a chance to leave Kansas City. If we're going to talk, let's talk this. Who Patri- gets third, dirty this is, 30? This is the Patriots team flight, so this is specific to the Patriots. All right, if you want to play it that way, let's, let's play it. it this way. Because All right, go. There's a lot of different ways we can go. You mentioned it before. The, the, the Patriots have a need for a guy who can, as you say, take the top off of defense. Obviously, Mike Wallace would be... In a perfect world, in a vacuum, with having to give up nothing. Would be a fair facsimile of where they were when Randy Moss was at his best, had his best year when they almost went undefeated. Not as good, but fairly close. Absolutely. That's absolutely the truth. I would put him in there. Brandon Lloyd would be the second best option with there. And I would have Vincent Jackson as the third one. He's in the dirty 30E. And there's a couple of reasons for this because. Because he cuts the same figure as Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Physical figure, basically. Phys- yeah, he's the same, six, ki- four, same type six, of body. Five. So you're going to be in there competing with Wes Welker. You're going to be competing with Gronkowski. He's going to be there too, and Hernandez. And when you look at the history of free agent receivers, who switched teams. It, it do, doesn't always work out. Now, obviously, Terrell Owens went from San Francisco to Philadelphia, put up some good numbers with Philadelphia. But you start looking at guys like Alvin Harper, Peerless Price, uh, Andre Risen, even Randy Moss when he went to the Raiders, that some of these guys, if they go to a team that doesn't have a great quarterback or anything, they t- tend to struggle. And obviously, Vincent Jackson wouldn't have that problem going well, to Brady New England. Tom Brady is a high pedigree. Exactly. So, but – you're now comp- you're going from being a number one guy to now competing with these other guys for catches. Best fit, and Mike then- Wallace, Brandon Lloyd, two dirty thirty e Vincent Jackson. I'm 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 surprised to say that I agree with you on this. And thing. I think, but but I do think that Brandon Lloyd is probably the most likely to go because I don't think because Belichick, even though he does have those draft picks, and you make a perfect point, this is now the time. To start, you have the luxury Wall- to if, do if it. If Mike Wallace was available in the draft right now, it would be insane not to take him at 21 or 24, wherever the Patriots are drafting. It would be insane not to do that. But, you know, Bill Belichick still loves those draft picks. And as a matter of fact, I'm in my latest mock draft that I'm working on right now, I think the Patriots will end up trading one of those to get out of the round because the Redskins are going to trade in. They're going to trade into the low part of the first round to get the Oklahoma State quarterback. So they're going to start Brandon doing Weedon, Brandon Weed. Brandon Yes, thank you. And so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's just kind of a little theory I'm working on right now. 28-year-old Brandon Weeden, a dear friend of Dave Damashek's after the combine. Absolutely. Experience. You guys look close. And that's another thing, too. You bring that up. The ultimate road trip was why you're in Indianapolis. If you want to see any of Dave Damashek on the ultimate road trip, NFL.com slash 
ultimate road trip. Oh, aren't you sweet? Yeah, I went out to the Combine for episode two of my journey across these United States. And uh, next stop, I don't know, I might have a pro day because Mm – like Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III, Dave Damashek did not throw at the Combine. So I, I, I'm more inclined to maybe choreograph exactly what we're doing and really show my wares to all the personnel guys out there. Then we'll probably end up going to the NFL draft, so be on the lookout for that. But, Rank, you mentioned uh, things that uh, I'm about, working on and things you're working on. But first, what about Mario Williams? What about that? What do we about, want to discuss where he's going to go? Well, you know, so many possibilities but stick to the Patriots if you were if you were Belichick what do you feel like you would rather have would you rather have Mario Williams or would you rather have one of those receivers if you you can only have one whichever those let's say it's Mike Wallace if we agree on him as the best of those of those names would you rather have Mike Wallace or Mario Williams I would go with the receiver because when you play that three four defense and remember, when Mario Williams, what he can do is he can play the outside in a 3-4 defense. He can play the end in a 4-3 defense. You can see, and you see this with the Steelers, you're able to rotate guys out of the end of that 3-4 defense and still be pretty effective with it. And the Patriots will probably use one of their draft picks to take a guy down there that they can plug in to hopefully give them a pass rush. And so you would take the free agent, you would take Mike Wallace, because there probably isn't a receiver in the draft who's comparable to him. What I like for Mario Williams, and I wrote this on NFL.com in the instant debate today, or excuse me, on Tuesday, I like him to go to Chicago. I think it would be kind of cool to kind of have him paired with Julius Peppers because the Bears need help on the defense. They need help in the secondary, but... That's exactly right. Same thing with the Cowboys. You mm-hmm. know, they have, uh, they have uh, DeMarcus Ware. It's the same thing. People always get very literal about our past defense is, is crummy, Therefore, we need to beef up uh, the corners. We need to shut down corner. But the other way to skin that cat is to get a fiercer pass rush. The Ravens and Pittsburgh have both over the decade had many seasons where they've shown they have mediocre to substandard DBs, but they make up for it by having a, a brutal pass rush. If you obviously limit the the, uh, the number tenths of seconds that a QB has to stand back there, the less effective he's going to be. So if you did have that in Chicago or Dallas, imagine how brutal that pass rush would be. Absolutely, especially for the Bears, too, when you're in a division that has Aaron Rodgers, yeah. has Matthew Stafford. Getting a pass rush and making those guys throw sooner than they want to, making them a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket, is just as good as signing a shutdown cornerback, in my estimation. And I know the Bears are one of the teams that are in the in the mix for Vincent Jackson, too. And again, if you look at some of the They need games, a number one receiver. They, they do, but I Jay think... Cutler is so hamstrung mm-hmm. by... I mean, Matt Forte is great, and the offensive line stinks, and everybody talks about that, how bad the offensive line is, and that is the biggest problem. But the other thing is... Johnny Knox. I think Johnny Knox is a nice number two. Yes. But when he has to be the number one guy, that's a real problem for them. Imagine, then you get Devin Hester. You know what he could do if he were the number three? Right. He could take the top off the defense. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. That's what he could do. Way to bring that back. Yeah. And I don't know that Vincent Jackson is the answer for them because, again, you look at guys. Vincent Jackson's put up good numbers with the Chargers. But, you know, if you look at the way that they throw the ball, they got Phillip Rivers. So he's obviously got an elite quarterback. They've got Antonio Gates there who actually frees up a lot of the middle. You go to a team like Chicago, there's no guarantee that he's going to have the similar production because it just doesn't seem to well, work that way. of course not, but disagree with you because who's Vincent Jackson? Who's he sort of like? 
Brandon Marshall, if we can, in broad strokes, who's he kind of like? He has that same sort of uh, stature and, um, and and ability, I would say. I think Brandon Marshall's a little bit better. But anyway, Jay Cutler thrived with him in Denver. Mm-hmm. I think they, they could make some hay together. Interesting. And I guess, you know what, in the track record for guys that the Chargers jettison, do pretty well. Drew Brees, Michael Turner, Darren Sproles. True, so they, true, and they, true. They've had some pretty All good- right, that brings me to free agency rank. Mm-hmm is it, it creates the opportunity for you to look like a sucker a lot of the time. But I'm glass half empty, you're glass half full, which is you you like the idea of ironic jerseys. I do. Guys who got, to, you know, uh, maybe the best example is a guy like Johnny Unitas. If you had a Johnny Unitas Chargers jersey, I don't know who's good for, though. I wouldn't want to be a Chargers fan wearing a Johnny U shirt, I don't think. And you wouldn't want to be a Colts fan in that either. But um, yeah, you, you, little... you're, you're 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 cobbling together a little piece for the dot com about the most ironic jersey out there, and um, I, I've I've thrown a couple of out there because I, I think have... you look like a sucker because I almost bought a San Antonio Holmes, you know, the Steelers retro jersey with the all gold with the gold hats, which are, are ugly, but the jerseys themselves are nice. They're all gold and black. And I almost got a, a 10 just because it looked so cool. 10 homes on the back. You know, if I had that now, though, ironic and you not look, good. No, because he was still a Super Bowl MVP. I don't think that it quite fits what I'm going for because part of the reason I'm doing this, I own a Bo Jackson Angels jersey. That's nice. Which I think is cool because Bo Jackson, during his illustrious career, did make a stop in Anaheim. And it's kind of cool to go out there with a the Jackson 8. People might think that it's a, you know, a. Uh, personalized jersey or something like that. But no, Bo Jackson and the hardcore fans who were around back in that era, and they believe me, there weren't many of them, they understand. They get it. It's kind of fun to have. And you start thinking of these guys who had – Franco you know, Harris, Seahawks. See, nice. that's a fun one. That's a fun jersey but to have. But who wears it? Oh, it's just a fun jersey to have. It's just but a, to a wear, nice, wear – like as a Steeler fan, would, shame the devil. I would never wear but that. But a Seahawks fan wears it. I think it's pretty cool. Is that right? Like a Broncos fan wearing a Tony Dorsett jersey. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. The Joe Namath Rams jersey is always pretty good. See, Joe Namath Rams, good. Dieter Brock Rams, not so much. Oh, there he goes. He got one. Good for you. Adam Rank gets the Dieter Brock reference. I'm smiling. Do not. Unironic cool one is uh, Dieter Brock Winnipeg Blue Bombers jersey. That would be handsome. Okay, so Black Tie. Black Tie wants us to wrap up already. How long have we even been spinning, Black Tie? Going for a tight 45 here, guys. How right far are we right this now? This is going to be a, far, a first tight 45. We're Let coming in under 45. What have we done so far? Right I feel now, like we've at, talked uh, for 11 minutes. 42 minutes. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell can you what. Can I get a couple of uh, the guys from Twitter who actually had some good ones? They expanded on sport because a lot of people had some great ideas. Adam, let me just say, let me, no, no, before no. you do, let me say this to you. When you use the adverb actually, it means that you're surprised that that person could come up with something. As in, wow, at, you know, Adam Rank actually had something funny to say. That's that's condescending. That right? Yeah, don't you think so? Hey, Black Tie actually did a good job on producing the shop. Because I meant that. It expresses surprise in, on some level. So you shouldn't say my uh, the people who follow me on Twitter actually had a good idea or two here. You that see, is, yeah, it's condescending. What I meant is that it was. It's actually funny that you had a decent jersey idea with Franco Harris of the Seahawks. No, the rank no, amateurs. Don't try and shift this over. No, to me. the rank amateurs are solid. They come up with it. Follow rank at Adam Rank, or you can follow me at Damashek. But right. Andrew Berg, hold on, Black Tie. I'm going to get to a couple of these. Andrew Berg, 
Mike Piazza on the Marlins. Nice. Like, that's a fun jersey to have. He was there for 11 minutes or so before he got traded on the, the Mets. Yeah, everybody remembers that. And then Ford, Ford Kendrick said, Kobe Bryant is a Charlotte Hornet. That's a nice I don't one. know if he had one. I, he, he got handed a jersey. I am sure he didn't put it on or anything, this but that's cool. This doesn't fit the description of ironic, but you know what the Kobe Bryant jersey to own is? Eight. The Lakers eight. Oh, eight. yeah. That, that, th- this trend now, as far as I know, has only really been followed by LeBron James, although I guess Ron Artest changes his numbers, and a lot of hockey guys flip their numbers when they switch teams. Carlton you know, they go from Fisk. from 27 to 72. Yeah, Carlton Fisk. I guess it's not – it's not unique to do that. But Kobe Bryant just willfully changing the cool number eight to meaningless 24 is lame. Yes. Except unless deep down, and he maybe has never admitted it, but maybe it's that he wants to show I'm one better than number 23, Michael Jordan. Has I think anyone ever actually, explored that? I'm sure that's the case. I, I can't thought, be the first person to suggest nah, they, that. Everybody thought that when he did that. All right. Like, Black oh, Tie's going better. crazy. What are you going crazy behind the glass wants, about? I think he wants us to do number 57 because this is episode number 57. Oh. Okay. So we honor the player who wore it best, not just in uh, in, ba- in football history, but in all sports. I would say baseball because 57 was Steve Howe, right? The late. He was 58. He was 58? K-Rod was 57. Bobby Thigpen was 57, right? Possibly. Or did he have 57 saves? No, he had 51. Ah, Bobby Thigpen, the relief pitcher for the White Sox. It was K-Rod was number 57. 57. 57 is also the freeway outside Angel Stadium. Terrific. So when you're watching a game and you look out in center field, oh, that's right, uh, you don't watch baseball. There was, oh, stop it. Mike Merriweather. Great uh, linebacker from the uh, from the greatest collection of linebackers in NFL history, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Merriweather, mm-hmm. a good one. Ricky Jackson, yeah. arguably. I just talked about this with somebody the other day. Until Drew Brees, at least, you could say that Ricky Jackson, greatest saint of all time. Over Archie Manning? Sure. Archie Manning's numbers don't hold up. I think Ricky Jackson, the now Hall of Famer, Ricky Jackson, Tom Pat Jackson. Swilling. Pat Swilling was 56. I oh. know, but uh, as a saint. Oh, no, 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 no. Ricky Jackson definitely in terms of – Sam Mills wasn't there all that long. He's much more of a Carolina Panther. and Yeah, but those guys were – it was Pat Swilling, Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills, and who was the fourth linebacker when they had that Vaughn, great – Yeah. Vaughn Johnson? Vaughn no. Johnson, I think, is correct. Yeah, because Vaughn, not Vaughn Miller and not Vaughn Dunbar – but I think you're right. Vaughn Dunbar. Was he at school? Was he in school when you were Indiana there? Indiana University running back. Great running back. You were back. there, right? When he Ripped was there? his knee before his career ever really got underway. I think he was going to be a star in the NFL. I think so, too. Clay Matthews, the Browns linebacker. What's son Clay Jr. wear? 52, 52. Right, yeah. Dwight Stevenson, the Hall of Fame center. That's not very exciting. 57. Clay Matthews. There wouldn't be really original, any legitimate uh, hockey players, I wouldn't think. Basketball. Johan Santana. Who? I stand corrected. Uh, yeah, he was good. So who are we going? I'm going Ricky Jackson. Okay. Is that cool with you? Fair enough. Ricky Jackson gets the honor. He is number 57. He's our guy. Um, and uh, and that, I guess, is that, right? Oh, and Bart Scott. That's another guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not, He doesn't really rise eh, to that level. A... All right, let's go out with this, Black Tie. Do me a favor. Do us all a favor. The one-man house band Dick Banks is the songsmith of the show, the official songsmith of the show. Mm-hmm. But our pal Karen Astic dropped us a dynamite song. The one genre that Dick Bangs doesn't get into, besides trance, that is, right. is, uh, is, is hip-hop. 
Karen Astic, who's provided some songs in the past, has dropped us another one. This one honoring the podcast. You, oh. Rank, you, Black Tie, and me, Dave Damashek. Play that one for us real quick. Hi, hello, football fans, it's Damashek. He's got this NFL program thing in check. It's the Alex Rebeck of the football intellect. Next guy here tells the dogs, call him Adam Rank. The looker of the bunch is Englishman, handsome Hank. What's the hoop in the time machine? Gonna get the scoop. Flubs incapacitated. From a third fascinated. Paint ugly uniforms. I'll get them confiscated. Colin Peyton Manning's what this show is like. Tom Brady. The podcast is the best. It's like the Super Bowl, baby. It's applesauce and hooey. If you get the wrong impression, though, embarrassing yourself like you got an interception thrown. Choreograph ballet when you dance up in the end zone. Talking trash to all the refs. Kick you out because of your tone. Won't be left alone. Get the brown bag of shame. You did this to yourself if they call such a name. Love the list, love the list. Talking all about breakfast. What happened last week in sports? Damn, a check will reminisce. So the land of the fox that will spark my interest. Breaking out the box and I'll play me connect for Feeling like Miami Dolphins with your little score. Championship that Dave was in it turned into some folklore. Became legendary like Mean Joe Green. Like Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders aching on my team. Time for me to get this kick, we already in overtime, we going again a thousand yards, they never left the scrimmage line, right between the hashes, the refs gon' raise their hands, it's been a thin slice of heaven for both fans. Wow, groovy. Fantastic. Groovy is, I think, what the kids That's would really call good. that. You like that one, Black Tie? It was good. Your uh, street hair just went up to negative 90, went up 10. What a great way to go out. One last little dig at Damashek from, from Black Tie. Thanks for making it in this week. What a thrill it is to see you again, That's Black great. Tie. And uh, we actually almost hit a tie 45. Okay, I want. here's what else I want to hit. Another podcast this week. I'm in. How say you, Rank? Let's do it. Let's do it from... <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it from the Big West tournament no. out in Anaheim, California, which is where I will be watching Cal State Fullerton advance to the NCAA tournament. Oh, rank. All right. Well, listen, Brandon Lloyd, gangbusters. Best wishes to him. Black tie, rank, and you. Thanks so much. We'll be back for more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, it's been a thin slice ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit Hellman's.com.